Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other basketball shows on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. If you're an NBA fan, explore our team-focused NBA pods, Cavaliers Central, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, LA Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Hashtag Lakers, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, Coach, back to Beyond the Ball. Coach Eric Klump. And Coach Justin Gerson here. Coach, we are, I am so excited right now, and I probably think that you know why. Oh, I certainly do know why. Um, finally, we got the AOK from Governor Cuomo to uh, get basketball up and running in New York State. It's been a long process. Um, and then it was up to the regions to decide whether they want to AOK uh, basketball being played per section per um, county and luckily for both of us you Erie County me Niagara County um, they did give it a go so on Monday was our first day of practice for our graduating class of 2021. Yeah absolutely February 1st we started which for us talking now would have been two days ago and my guys are just so elated to be in the gym. It's been a whirlwind from an administrative side as trying to get it started and organizing timelines and deadlines and schedules. But, man, is the effort so worth it. I just hope that uh, kids and parents, even though we might not get exactly what we want out of this season, right, uh, state championships or even necessarily getting in a gym to watch these games in person, you know, as parents potentially like at my son's playing, I can't go watch him in person, yeah. you know, which is going to be frustrating, but in the same breath, it's, it's kind of uh bittersweet, but yet at the same time, I just have feel so much gratitude that we just get an opportunity to have these kids compete and get after it. So yeah, I'm we've just been saying embrace the opportunities, just embrace the opportunities. It's not the same, uh, but we got to control what we can control, move forward. Um, and let's move forward together. Absolutely. It's going to be weird seeing uh, seeing so many games in such a short period of time. Our season's only seven weeks long, and we're going to play three quarters of our games. We're going yeah. to play, you know, 12, anywhere between 12 and 15 games, depending on the school. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be a lot on these kids. So hopefully we uh, have a little bit of God's grace in us to, to coach them up the right way so they stay healthy. Uh, but stay competitive all at the same time. Yeah, for our players, that's all they want to do, play the game. You know, for us, we love being at practice. That's like a, our second classroom, and we I miss it so much just being at practice and forging those relationships and those small little steps on the journey together. But, you know, <laughs> the boys and the girls, they just want to ball. They just want to play yeah. those games. And you know what? I will say this. The, the last couple of days in the gym, I've cause, because we are so short on time, my practices have been a little bit longer uh, than normal um, to start the year. 
Um, and my guys have been like receptive to it. They're like, yeah, we'll stick around. Yeah, we'll stay for another 20 minutes. And so we've kind of elongated. I think they just miss it so much that right now, I'm sure it'll wear off, but right now they're okay with, you know, some of those two hour practices, two hour and 15 minute practices. So we'll see what happens, but probably by the time we record one more time and maybe in this next pod, I don't know, maybe a teaser here, we're going to get some uh, high school coaches on from the area and see what, what's going on with their world and how their life is treating them. Um, and so just yeah, excited, nice just excited. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, any coaching nugget for us since we are back in the second classroom? Yeah. And uh, we got a PGC disciple coming on with us. So a lot of the stuff that we feel uh, very important, we might've stolen from them, but uh, I, I love, I've always loved this one with discipline comes freedom. And just to you all, all you players out there, if you can provide that reassurance to your coach in practice, um, that's what they're looking for. And, and through that discipline, and building those habits, you'll have that freedom to to make those mistakes and play present in the game. And, and they'll trust you with the ball in your hands at the end. I know so many kids all worry about who's starting the game. Well, you know, I, I'm as a coach, I'm worried about who's finishing the game. That's more important. That That's how you know that's you have your the trust of your coach. Yeah, that is such a powerful statement. I think I am. I've used that line in a number of times and you know when you're coaching up these young athletes maybe you use that to your advantage right because they think starting is the the yeah. all the glory in the world um but the real the real winners are out there uh the game timers with a former superintendent of mine former college coach used to say when it's winning time winning time was the last four minutes of the game and if you were on the floor during winning time like you said you had the ultimate trust from your coach. So that's such a great nugget to share. Uh, mine, I'm just going to go maybe coaching nugget slash life nugget here. And I was just reading through some emails and I get James Clear. I know you're a fan of James mm-hmm. Clear. And I get his email every time or every week they send it out. Excuse me. And one of the quotes just kind of hit me today. Like, oh my goodness. Instead of working towards retirement, work towards your ideal lifestyle. There's usually a path to get to that a few years away where retirement might take you decades. And I just like, I'm sitting here, right? And I'm sitting around other teachers and coaches and people that all have different approaches to the way they live their life. But people do talk like retirement, they're getting there in a couple of years and what's this new contract look like and what's that look like? And I just think if you're living present and trying to live the best you you can, retirement's really like a non-option, right? Like that's going to retirement's for people that don't do anything anymore. (laughs) And I just don't really see myself ever being that type of person. So that just kind of hit home today. And I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, we're just trying to make every practice and every season as ideal as we possibly can. And not necessarily like worry about our coaching record at the end of it or how many years I'm going to get in. It's just about making that practice that season the best it possibly can. So maybe that's my coaching nugget to throw out there for the for the pod. Great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Share some uh, spiritual insight, and then we'll get Marquis in All here. right. Hey, thanks. Thanks for asking. You know, just like you, I, I was reading this, and I'm like, you know what? That would be perfect for the pod because it just hit me also. It's a, and I was reading it. just said, the greatest man in history is Jesus. 
He had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, but he was a master teacher. He had no medicine, but he could still heal. He had no army, yet every king feared him. And that was just great, and I wanted to share that with the pod today. Yeah, it's um, it goes along. I was doing some reading, my daily devotional this morning, and just reading in Matthew, kind of the same idea that he's he's the he's basically the man, right? If you yeah. want to use like common terminology, like he's just the man, and the only rule is you know love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I had a couple moments in the last week or since the last time we talked with just struggling with other adults that have different opinions and different life views and getting frustrated with that a little bit, you know, none of us are perfect and I'll fully admit it to everybody that I talk to that I'm not. So just seeing that today combined with what you just said, uh, it just humbled me a little bit for the day and maybe got me back into thinking about, you know, everybody's going to see life a little bit differently and, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is that we figure it out. So Right. What can um, mere morals do to us? Yeah. Only absolutely. God on our side. We trust yeah, absolutely. him. 100%. And so I love that if you're following that idea that, you know, Jesus is the light that we should all be reaching towards, then we should probably live a little bit less stressed life. And so, I don't know, I'm just, I'm so excited. I love having conversations with you, and I love our next guest. I've worked with her a little bit at Key 5, kind of seen her speak, definitely seen her at some PGC courses. Uh, I saw that those just dropped yesterday as yeah. well for this summer. Um, and I was so just I'm looking through them. Yeah, we might bring that up with Marky as well and just see if she's working any of those so we can get to go see her there. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Marky Freeman with us. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, we are back here with Beyond the Ball Podcast. I'm Coach Justin Gersling with Eric Klump. We are joined today by Marky Freeman. Marky, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. Um, thank you for asking, and thank you guys for having me on. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's, uh, we're so excited to have you again. Thanks for coming on the pod. Um, just looking at the resume here, author, speaker, CEO, PGC director, and, and I, from what we understand, director of directors now for development, I just want to know, how do you find the balance and the time um, and with all your success to, to keep everything in your in your life going and the wellness continued? Yeah, that's an outstanding question. Um, honestly, that's something I've struggled with in the past. And I think here recently, um, I've really started to focus on where I can add value 
and just being very purpose driven. And so even with all the the titles and responsibilities that I'm fortunate to have, the things that I get to do, um, I I understand the value of it. And so it's not a day of work. Um, and also that perspective as well, not seeing it as an obligation, but seeing it as an opportunity and coming from a place of gratitude. And so to be able to serve uh, people in so many different ways and still stay close to the game that I love, um, yeah, it, it it makes that very, very easy. And I, I tend to stray away from the word balance. Um, I like the word harmony because mm-hmm. I don't think everything deserves an equal share of an individual. Um, I think some deserve more energy. And so, uh, yeah, just coming from that place of gratitude and, and, and coming from a place of purpose, um, and knowing that that's where my, my identity lies, uh, that helps me find that our harmony. What a tremendous answer. Um, now do you think this harmony and these principles and this work ethic were things that were you developed through your love of the game of basketball? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, so many lessons have come through this game. I was very fortunate to play the game for a long time and, and at a high level and also coach the game uh, as well at a high level. And so, uh, so many lessons. And some of those lessons came with heartache, with heartache, mm-hmm. with headaches as well. Um, but not one. I wouldn't trade one um, for the world. It definitely taught me um, what's most important. Um, and how to, uh, it gave me my first set of stitches. I remember playing basketball in my backyard and chasing down a ball. Like I was playing in a state game and running into the house. (laughs) And so, uh, it taught me how to deal with adversity, whether it was, uh, playing or training in extreme temperatures or weather conditions. It taught me how to put my heart into something when I wasn't necessarily giving, getting the results that I felt I deserved. Um, taught me how to deal with politics and yeah, it taught me how to find that harmony, um, which is what I think we all fight for at some point in our lives. Yeah, Mark, can you just say, you, and I love the word harmony. I think in the past we've had guests use the word rhythm as well, right? So like sometimes you're in season and obviously more time is devoted to the basketball side of things. Where when it's the off season, you know, maybe it's more family time. I have four kids of my own, so right now it's a little chaotic. Um, but my <laughs> wife and I have a good rhythm, right? So it's not necessarily balance. It's just finding that rhythm. You actually kind of answered one of my questions already. I was going to ask what maybe one of those things were, we, you know, from PGC, Eric and I, you know, I consider ourselves like disciples of it. We love everything you guys do at PGC. Um, so the hero hardship highlight question, I was going to ask you about the hardship, but I think you kind of already answered that. So what would be a highlight? Like, where did your basketball start? Like, I can remember the first time I ever really saw a real basketball game being played. I was in the sixth grade, you know, and it, what gym it was in and who the players were. Do you have a moment like that that you that you can recall? Yeah, a highlight. And, and just to reference uh, your, your family, I, I love that you mentioned that. It sounds like you guys never have a dull moment. I come from a, a large family <laughs> as well. But to answer your question, um, highlight, Justin, being honest, I have so many highlights evolving around the game um, from peewee level up into the professional level. Um, but a highlight that I have is actually one of the worst games of my college career. Um, I wasn't playing well. 
it came down to the end of the game and um, the coach, my team still trusted me to put the ball in my hands and, and make a play. And um, I, I played to my strengths and I got downhill and I, I turned the ball over in the clutch with seconds left on the clock. And I remember looking over at my coach and my coach is just saying, you know, shake it off. Long story short, we had the foul and the opposing team goes up to the free throw line. They make two free throw or one free throw to put them up too. Um, we ran out of timeouts. We were all out. And so uh, just keeping my head in the game, I, I, I used my body to try to shield a defender, which screened one of my teammates for an open pass. Um, she got the ball. She shot the ball three quarter length and made the bucket. And we won that game by 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 a point <laughs> made ESPN top 10 hmm. uh, worst game I've ever played. Uh, it was my senior year. And gosh, I was I was a high scorer. I averaged about 20 points a game. And and I can't even say I had 10 points in that game. And so I didn't contribute much. It didn't show up in the stats. Uh, but winning that game and seeing my team succeed and just seeing her light up uh, in that moment, uh, that was a huge moment for our team and a momentum builder and a confidence builder for my teammates as well. So that was a highlight for sure, even though it wasn't necessarily anything I did personally. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm just going to add into that follow up a little bit. I mean, we've been talking for a handful of minutes here already. I can just tell your energy is hmm. so so positive and so uplifting. So we are beyond the ball. So we like to dig a little deeper. So do you think that you're you, I, just referencing the statement you just made about your life is filled with highlights from peewee all, all the way up to pro. It, do you think that's because of your approach? Like, do you feel like you've lucked into that? Cause I know Eric, I think, and I have talked about this personally. Like I feel the same way, like my life, you know, different level, different course that maybe yours took, but I feel super blessed like every day that my life is where it is. So do you think that comes with your approach? Is that your hard work? Do you think you've lucked into that? Where do, where do you think that comes from? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it, it's luck or happenstance. I like the word blessed. Um, I like that you use that word very much so. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric and, and Justin, you guys would probably agree, but I think you can find whatever you're looking for. And so uh, walking through life, walking through this journey and all of my experiences, you know, if I'm very much focused in giving all of my energy to negativity or some of the challenges that I've had to overcome, um, that's where my my state of mind would would be um, and where it would stay. And that's what I would see. And that's how it would reflect in everything that I do. Um, and so having these experiences uh, whether challenging or uh, you call them hardships or highlights, um, seeing the lessons and the blessings within each of those experiences and having the correct approach. Uh, I think that perspective is trajectory shifting uh, when it comes to success or when it comes to uh, just a healthy mind and a healthy spirit as well. What a great answer. So, Marquis, what I want, I'd like to ask is, um, when did you know that basketball was going to be the vehicle that would help you maneuver through this life? Was it you that realized it? Was your parents that helped you realize it? Or was it coach? Um, explain that. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't figure it out until later. Um, basketball was something that I, I learned to, I just grew to love. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a house full of boys. 
um, our second to youngest. <laughs> and so I chased them from basketball court to basketball court from one end of town to the other. And they were kind enough to let their kid's sister join them. Um, and they, and they looked out for me too. I have to give them that credit. They were doing some crazy things, but they looked out for me. Um, but, uh, I fell in love with that process. I had an outstanding neighbor. His name was Ron. And when we moved from one side of town to the other, uh, Ron had this basketball hoop in his backyard and he was an empty nester. And so he had told me that I could shoot on this basket any day. And that was the wrong thing to, 12 <laughs> a kid, to tell a kid my age, uh, as passionate I was at that point about the game. Um, but he said I could shoot out there any day. And so summers, my mom allowed me, as long as I was within the reach of her voice, um, she'd allow me to stay out there, you know, 11 to 12 o'clock at night. And I would be out there as long as, as I could. Um, but I remember running in the house one day and, and telling my mom, hey, mom, look at what I can do. And it was the first time I figured out how to do a finger roll. Mm -hmm. And my mom came out in the back and she watched me and she watched me and she said, you know, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's so nice. Good job. Can you do it with your left hand? And, you know, as a pump the brakes, tw yeah, 12 year old kid, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, can I do it with my, can I do it with my left hand? And let's be real. My left hand was not where it should have been at that point in time, but uh, I liked the challenge. I enjoyed the process of developing and growing. And so I'd go back over there to Ron's house and I continue to work on my left hand. And then I'd tell my mom, you know, check this out, check this out. I can do the same thing with my left hand. And then I, you know, progress on to different moves. Um, and I just love that process. And, you know, I did that for a few years and I walked in my backyard one day and I had this basketball hoop and I lost my mind. It was my first basketball hoop. And I looked over my shoulder and Ron was standing in his backyard and he was waving at me and him and his wife were just smiling. They had built me a basketball hoop. And I don't know if Ron did it because he really wanted to fan my flame or if he did it because he was tired of this kid, you know, <laughs> ruining his plants <laughs> and shooting baskets all night. Uh, but either way, it definitely fanned my fire uh, and, and it allowed me to grow my craft. And so uh, I think people around me saw the potential that I had. And, and um, I've had outstanding coaches and, and, and my mom was amazing. She always told me I'd be great at whatever I decided to do simply because of the way that I did it. And I think that's to credit for, for some of the things that I've been able to accomplish with the game and beyond. Yeah. So your high school career was very successful as well as your college career. What was it like being like 16 and 17 year old years old and having letters and phone calls coming in? Tell us about that process. Um, it was, it, it was a lot being honest. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know much about the process as I was going through it. Um, as I shared before, um, I didn't know how good I was. And I think I kind of doubted myself just a bit early on. Um, but getting those letters and recognizing how basketball could be a vehicle that paid for my education. And, and at that point, I didn't realize that all the other doors it would open up as far as the connections and being on this call, uh, with being on beyond the ball with, with Justin and Eric, uh, I didn't know it would, you know, take me all over the world and, and give me the opportunity to not just play all over the world, but also teach the game all over the world and, and meet other great minds and students of this game. And so, uh, yeah, getting that mail, it was, it was very humbling. Uh, I was extremely grateful 
to have the opportunity that a very small percentage of, of athletes get to have. And so uh, it was encouraging. Um, I went from being in my backyard until 12 o'clock at night to being in my backyard at six o'clock in the morning as well. You know, it was encouraging. It was empowering. And I realized how much I could do with the game. And now it's allowed me to also uh, be that resource and, and serve others through the game as well. And so uh, forever grateful, forever grateful. So, Marquis, I'm going to this. So this question kind of is going to tap into to your book a little bit, I think, a little bit in PGC. But I feel like it's a great time to, to maybe ask, considering we're talking about your journey and getting to that D1 level and just the recognition of the work that it took. So if I was to, because we do have some players that listen to this, Eric and I have student athletes that, that tune in once in a while. If we had to have a conversation about what you thought were like the two or three main things that you had to do to get to the next level. Um, what would you maybe tell them? Not that you necessarily knew it while you were doing it. Cause it sounds to me like you just kind of had the juice and you were just going and just did it naturally. But like if kids had that incentive or wanted to maybe get to that level, like I'm thinking I have a 12 year old son and a 10 year old daughter that really like to hoop. Like what would you tell them as as a person that's been down that road before? Oh, man, that's a heck of a question. Oh, that's a heavy, heavy, rich question. I love it. <laughs> um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is stop trying to fit in. I think at their age, Amen. whether we're talking tw- 10 or 12 or 16 or 17, I think society creates this pressure to try to fit in when we were all created to stand out. And when you look at the people that have done exceptional things at any level, um, uh, with the basketball, without a basketball in any industry or space, they are truly uncommon in everything that they do. They have uncommon habits. They have an uncommon mindset. They have an uncommon approach and being uncommon means that You're going to move differently. You're going to act differently. You're going to wake up at a different time. You're going to give a different amount of energy. You're going to uh, take care of your body. You're going to do things that those around you don't necessarily do. It's not necessarily common. And so I would say stop trying to fit in everything. Just about everything you do should look uncommon. Um, The second thing I would say is act. I think a lot of athletes... uh, are somewhat familiar with some of the things or that are required to reach a a rare level of success. And I think they just think it's going to come or they'll eventually figure it out or there's going to be a light switch or the opportunity will be granted. Like you have to act. And I have a thing for for acronyms. (laughs) Eric, I just I I love acronyms because I think it 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 helps things stick. Give it to me. I'm going to act. Action creates transformation. And um, and so many people think that just being or or doing uh, or or just thinking or dreaming is what I want to say uh, will allow things to come into formation when that's not the case. You have to act. You have to act daily and you have to act consistently. You ask for three. um, And I'm big on quality over quantity. So I'm going to give this. this third one, a little more thought. Um, uh, 
Oh God! I, I could stop right now. No, I got, I mind. got. I think I got uh, another good one. Um, I would say, be selfish with your time, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit more. And so uh, I say this in regards to those who we affiliate ourselves with. I say this in regards to what we listen to. Uh, what we allow to consume our thoughts, what we watch. Um, and if you're watching or listening to, I'm sorry, beyond the ball right now, you're doing a good job of being selfish with your time because it's, it's an investment in who you are and who you can become. And so I would just really encourage those listening, whether they're an athlete or an adult or professional, um, to really be selfish with your time and what you allow in your space, because, um, you know, what you allow in your space, it directly impacts how you evolve, how you grow or how you do, do not grow. And so, uh, yeah, that's extremely important as well. So I, my mind is blown, first hmm. of all, because I feel like I'm sitting in a PGC classroom, first of all. But the <laughs> other piece to that is my one word for the year. Eric and I are both John Gordon fans. We're huge John Gordon fans. So one word is a big thing for me. And you just nailed my word for 2021, which is action. So I'm like all ready to go. So we, if we have to end this call early, it's because I need to go act right now. <laughs> I get it. I so, get it. Here's, so here's my next piece then. Because this is going to lead and it was going to be a question for later more with your book. But for kids that are playing, because Eric and I aren't not are, we're not coaching at like a powerhouse basketball program. Right. We're we're rural, maybe considered suburban schools, not super big for our athletes that aren't necessarily division one or division two, even caliber players. I'm assuming your advice would be pretty much the same, right? It it could be. It could be um, in regards to and I want to make sure that I answer your question, um, Justin. So are we speaking in regards to being recruited or just can or you just, unpack that for or me? Just so, yeah, or just the way they live their life. Right. Because most of them are going to recognize that they're not going to become a division two player or division one player, maybe just because of circumstance, although you might be able to, you know, still perform at that high of a level. But like some of our kids just don't have the resources, like they might not be able to be recruited through like travel ball mm -hmm. or recruiting mm -hmm. services of that nature. So maybe just even just in the way they approach their life, I would assume if they're just a participation athlete where they're just happy to be on the team with their buddies, they should maybe act in the same way to be successful. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you got something there. Uh, one thing I would add is. And this is this is the why I wrote Champions Creed. You know, success is not in the results. Success is in the process. It's not in the trophies. It's not in the title. It's not in what you win. It's not in the amount of points you score. It's in who you become throughout that process. And so um, whether you play, if you play um, high school basketball, that's awesome. If you get to play college basketball, regardless of the level, you know, that's, that's awesome. But what's most more important than it, than any of that is, is who you become and how you develop and how you evolve as a, as a being, as a human being. And, um, something I want those who do play, um, that are listening to this podcast to understand is you're going to be a, a world-class citizen far longer than you will be a basketball player. Um, you're going to be 
for those who want to be, you know, parent, spouse, a boss, a manager, um, you know, a, a business owner, um, you know, you're going to run something. You're going to have to lead at some point in your life. You're going to have adversity. You know, adversity is inevitable, which simply means that there's no way around it. And it comes in different forms. Right. And so you're going to have all of these different experiences. And this game and this podcast beyond the ball that helps you evolve into your greater self so that you can take on those experiences headstrong and really uh you know, reach your, your greatest potential, reach your greater good. And so, uh, yeah, being the best version of yourself, despite being that power five recruit or, you know, going to school in a rural area where the resources may not be the same or a smaller town where you may not have that opportunity to play college basketball. Who will you become after the game? Who are you during the game? How will this game help you develop as a human being? Marquis, Wow. Um, yeah, the, the answer to Justin's question, the, the three things that you would do, I mean, that might be the most tremendous answer that I've heard on this podcast. No disrespect to any of our other guests, but st- stop trying to fit in, um, selfish with your time and act. I mean, Justin and I both work at a high school where, you know, it, it's almost seen where the standard of excellence is almost decaying due to everything being fair. And uh, just in those responses, it seems like you're a believer in that as well. Oh, man. If you seek fairness, you are going to live a very, um, sadly, a very unhappy life. Um, life is, is the best teacher. And life will teach you in any way that is just simply not fair. Whether you're jumped in line at a grocery store, uh, whether you're cut off in traffic, whether you don't make the team and you feel like you deserve to, whether you don't get the role you wanted on the team, whether you uh, don't get any to the university that you desire to be in, whether, you know, you're poorly treated um, for other reasons. Um, life isn't fair. And so if you're constantly seeking fairness, you're just going to be very unhappy and you're not going to live a, the life that you possibly could live. And so it's learning how to work through those politics is learning how to work through that adversity and it's learning not to expect. Uh, I think there is this sense of entitlement sometimes. <laughs> um, and I, I'm seeing a little more of that nowadays, uh, just a sense of entitlement, this feeling that I should have this and I should right. be given this. And, and, you know, I, I'm going to take an advantage of this opportunity to talk to some of the parents that you guys have listening, you know, um, uh, I think one of the most amazing quotes, uh, having a conversation with one of my dear friends who is, uh, has two boys who are playing the game of basketball. And, uh, one of the quotes that, that we constantly discuss is, you know, uh, and I want to make sure I get it right. Um, you don't prepare the road for the child. You prepare the child for the road. And, I think oftentimes as parents, we can try to get ahead of the kid and try to dust off the road so it's perfect. And the, you know, the elements are ideal and it's an easy course for them. And that's not preparing them for life. There's going to be some adversity. They're going to have to deal with some things. There's going to be some hurdles. And so it's preparing the kid for those circumstances so that they can excel um, and thrive in non-ideal conditions. 
you know, we have these, the first time I, I was at a PGC and I, I like to bring this up because it's almost like how we're all connected right now. Um, all of these principles that you're speaking about were right on the forefront. I mean, I'll never forget when I was with, with Tyler and he said, how you do anything is how you'll do everything. And to just commit yourself to championship habits. Um, can you speak about like what being connect the connection to PGC and, and how it's helped you grow? Oh man. Um, I'd be happy to, um, PGC has grown me in a number of ways. When I first attended PGC as an athlete, I was in college and I had an idea of some of the things that I wanted to accomplish, um, individually, but I didn't know who I needed to be in order to accomplish those things. Um, being skilled had gotten me far enough, but what had gotten me there wasn't going to get me to my ultimate goal. And so PGC equipped me with the skills I needed, the leadership that I needed, um, how to lead, how to lead people who didn't necessarily want to want right. to be led. Yep. Um, PGC equipped me with uh, the mindset and the approach that has helped me even after uh, after basketball, after my playing career, um, my 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 mindset as far as dealing with adversity and challenges and the things that I cannot control, learning to control the things that I could control, and uh, my daily habits, whether it's uh, my nutritional habits or uh, my daily routines and how I feed my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's extremely important as well. And, and, and PGC has continued to develop me as, as a, a basketball coach and a analyst as well. Um, I've been fortunate to explore, I would, as some would say, um, all four corners of the game. And so, uh, PGC has kept me challenged and sharpened and excited about being a student of the game, even as it continues to evolve. Um, so yeah, PGC has, has taught me, man, culture as a coach, yeah. I can go on all day. I can go on all day, Eric, but it's taught me a lot. So Marky, I'm going to follow up with that a little bit. So real quickly. So when you say four corners of the game, what are you referencing for people that might not be aware? Yeah. Um, so I've had opportunities to, to play the game, um, at the professional level. I coached at the college level. Um, I coached at the division one level. I also coached at the division three level, I've, I've lost a lot. I've had a chance to play for a national championship. So I've been at both ends of that spectrum. Um, now as a basketball mind, um, a director with PGC. So in skilled leadership and skill development, I own a skills academy as well. Um, so I work with athletes consistently. Um, I'm also uh, an analyst. And so I call college and professional games. So NBA, WNBA, college games. Um, as well. And so, uh, I've been, been fortunate to be, to be, um, all over the game of basketball. That's awesome. And so, um, just to tell, to kind of dovetail into your previous answer, a great question by Eric. Do you think your approach has been, obviously PGC has influenced it. So I'm going to say part of it is, has been learned, but where else does that come from? Cause it's obviously started as a young age. Do you feel that it's just been natural within you? Like, is it spiritual or is it just kind of been learned as you go? I don't know if I'm answering that clear or asking that clearly. No, I, I think you did a good job there, Justin. Um, 
I, I'm going to reference that story I shared with my mother in the backyard where she challenged me to do the same with my left. Um, I'm a dominant righty. And so I fell in love with the desire to grow, um, that growth mindset. And the beautiful thing about the game of basketball is there is no glass ceiling. There is no pinnacle. Um, it's, you can always evolve and grow. And, and that's one thing I love about the game is, you know, you can't get bored with it because there's always something you can get better at. You know, you, we look at players across the board right now, um, whether it's LeBron James in year 18 and they're like, how in the heck is he doing this? <laughs> he adds a new element to his game every year, you know, RIP to, to the bean Kobe Bryant, but he was constantly adding layers to his game. Diana Taurasi in year, what seems like 30, <laughs> right? Yes, and she's constantly growing. She just re-signed, um, to Phoenix. And so, uh, just having that mindset to continue to grow, even as I explore these different corners of the game, just having the mindset to continue to grow and evolve. I had a chance to call a division one game this past weekend. And the first thing I did, um, after receiving compliments from the producers and, um, the, the talent, um, the first thing I did was go to look, thank you again for having me. Um, if you have any feedback, I would love to have it. You know, and so just having that that growth mindset. And I think that is spiritual for me as well. Uh, I am a, a, a follower and a believer in God and, and just wanting to be the best version of myself and, and wanting to grow daily and understand that, you know, uh, I, I can't be perfect, but I can be better. Uh, and so that's always something to look forward to. Now, with the, the the four corners that you're talking about, playing, coaching, as an analyst and a director, and now an author too, right, Marquis? Oh man, I a dream come true, a dream come true. So, in in was there any one of those stages where you, you got a little caught up? You're like, mm, I don't know if if this is going to be for me or not. Like, was it the writing of the book? Was it the the analysis, or coaching, or pro? Or were you just like, hey, let's give everything a shot? I need to grow. <laughs> yeah, Eric, um, from a little girl, I always thought that authorship was uh, one of the most amazing things anyone could do. Uh, I thought it was an amazing way to leave a legacy, uh, to share uh, something rich with the world. Um, I thought it, it was a good way just to add value. And so when I realized that I had the opportunity and the opportunity was this pandemic, right? Um, the world was at a pause and I was kind of twiddling my thumbs and still trying to figure out a way to add value. And I, and from a child, I've wanted to write this book and I've somewhat been writing it for years, just piece by piece. Um, that was, that was a thing uh, I needed the opportunity. And, uh, and, and that's where it came to me was the opportunity to the time to do it. And also the opportunity to add more value. And so, um, yeah, it, it was something I will be honest. It was something I questioned even throughout mm -hmm. the journey of writing this book, Eric, I, I'm like, am I good enough? Yep. Is this, is this, I, it takes tremendous courage to write a book. Um, my hat goes off to all the authors out there. Um, everybody that has, has, has directed a movie, um, anything similar to this project. Uh, it takes tremendous courage to put yourself out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more proud with how things turned out. Um, I couldn't be more proud with the value that it's bringing in the impact, um, that is being shared, 
daily since we since we were able to release it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity and be provided with the resources to put a project out like this. Yeah, Marquis, we talked we've talked on here with other coaches at different times about like imposter syndrome, right? This feeling that you get like, am I really doing like, do I have the ability to do this? Do people are people going to see through, you know, what I'm doing, whether it's writing a book or Eric or I doing this podcast? Like, is there really any value to it? I mean, that's a thing people struggle with all the time. And it sounds like you know, some of that crept in a little bit. My question to you is this, like I have some friends that are entrepreneurs and they always say whenever they act and get out and try to do something that's new, what what they usually intend to have happen is not where they usually end up in the end. In the process, things kind of get changed or something bad happens or they see a way to improve it and make it better. Did you experience that all with that <laughs> all with your book? Like, is what you are is the published version what you set it out to be as, or did, was there some change in that process? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start with your initial comment as well and answer that question. Uh, just in regards to the book and the courage piece, um, I mean, up until the moment, it was time to, if there was a button that was submit, not that there is one, but that publish button. <laughs> I mean, I even went back. I probably waited two days just to be sure it was something that uh, I was really committed to doing. Um, so so there's that. Um, but to answer your question in regards to the book, Um, yes, it continued to evolve as I wrote it. Um, and to be honest, um, you know, being a spiritual person, I know that there was a greater power, uh, because there were times where I wrote, I made sure I wrote at the same day, every, at the same time, every day I found my spot. You hear readers, writers talk about this all the time, their creative spot. And that was, um, uh, on my, on my, my back porch and it screened in. So whether it was rain, sleet or snow, I could be out there bundled up and I could write at the same time every morning. And, uh, sometimes I put my pen to paper or my hands to the keys and, and it would just go and I would go nonstop, you know, for three hours. Um, so I did not experience any of that writer's block. It, it really, really just came together so easily. Um, and looking at the, the finished product now, um, it's everything I wanted to be going back to the very first question you asked me, Eric, you know, how do I find that harmony? Um, and, and just sharing that I lead with, with value. Like that's my, that's my purpose. Um, and understanding that and being confident in that, um, writing this book, uh, purposefully, uh, coming from that place and rereading. And when I edited it and when I added different things to it, always making sure that, uh, it started first with purpose. I was leading with purpose and never, uh, never coming from the wrong place. Um, and so that made this experience so easy. And I, I'm just so excited, uh, for the things that it, that it's creating the conversations that are being created, the empowerment that is, is taking place and the readers that it still has yet to reach. I'm really excited about that because it is, is thought provoking and trajectory shifting. It's gotta be almost like seeing your name on the front of that cover just brings you to chills. Um, I got one last question for you, Marquis. Um, the undeniable principles that separate the good from the great. Now, I don't, you don't need to elaborate too much because I'm going to buy the book, but 
<laughs> give me give me one. Give me one that I'm going to find in there. Ah, gosh, there's so many jewels. There's so many jewels in there. Um, I would have to say, and this is me going to uh, some things that were shared on on Twitter today with um, our, our champion community. Um, one of the nuggets that was shared um, is to be great. You have to live in a way that demands an explanation. And going back to those athletes that are listening, um, you know, be uncommon. And and one thing I truly appreciate about Champions Creed is outside of just the outstanding reads and the thought-provoking quotes and conversation that is being had, it provides actionable strategies um, that people can apply immediately. And it's not just for the athlete. It's for the, the, the parent, it's for the professional, it's for the college student. It really meets, it meets people exactly where they are in their journey. And its sole purpose is to elevate readers by educating and equipping them um, to be their best selves daily. Marquis, I am so gracious. We don't want to keep you any longer. Um, we, we've went over. Usually we go 30 minutes, but I lis- literally could listen to you all. I know. <laughs> we are so excited that you were uh, willing and gracious enough. I've got like three pages of notes. I know. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I think for us, and I'll wrap up with this, not really a question, more of a commentary, but where Eric and I are and with our very small followership that we're slowly building organically here. I just think what we're trying to be about is what you're already about. And um, I'm very thankful uh, for the message that you put out there, especially having four children of my own. Um, Being uncommon is a very difficult thing to do sometimes. And so not only is, you know, uh, a female coach for three daughters that I have, but uh, just in general, like you are sending some good vibes out there and, uh, we're happy that we can celebrate those and share those for you. So we appreciate you coming on. Eric, uh, Justin beyond the ball. Um, thank you guys for having me on. And if I could share this, um, thank you guys for being a light in the basketball space in the sports world and the amazing things that you're doing and the, and the resources that you're providing for all of your listeners. Thank you for having me on. This is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Marquis. It's been a wonderful experience. Thanks, Coach. If you need anything in the future, just reach out. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 